Hello, I'm Carter, and this is The Interest. Today we'll be talking about uncommon sports. Similar to last episode, we'll be having multiple people talking about different topics, starting with Tristan and Paco, who will be talking about archery and chess. Joining us in this episode will be our club facilitator, Mr. Ginn. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, this is uh, going to be a bunch of different topics from from what we've tried to put together here. Um, we're going to be starting with Tristan, like you said. Um, Tristan, why did you choose to research archery? Well, because I've done it before and I wanted to learn more about it. Okay, cool. Um, we're going to try to just take turns here. Uh, we'll start with Carter and then we'll go to Paco and then we'll come back to me and um, we'll just kind of go around asking some questions about archery. If you don't know an answer to the question, we can always look it up later. Carter? Of course there's competitive archery, but where could you do competitive archery now? You can go to go- Golden Arrow, which is in Omaha, Big Indian Acres, and Center Shot, which is in Lincoln. Um, there's a place up in Yankton, too, isn't there? Yes. Do you know do you know what it's called? No. I think it's like uh and we can always look this up later, but there's um it's like an Olympic sized archery complex. I think it's just called Yankton Archery Complex. We can look that up later too. All right, good question. Uh my question is when was archery invented? It was made back in ten thousand BC. All right, I, I, that's interesting. So why, um, what, what did archery look like in 10,000 BC? I wasn't back around then, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> uh, so but what, I'm, what I mean is like we probably didn't have, uh, what, what are some of the types of bows that we have now? Uh, we have metal and plastic ones. I'm guessing back then they had sticks and string. Okay, I, I mean like specifically what types? Because I know that there's one that... Um, it's just a piece of wood with a string on it that you pull back, and one of them is more mechanical. A compound bow and a recurve bow. Recurve bows are smaller and lighter than a compound bow, and the compound bow allows more accuracy and power from greater distances. So I know that archery isn't just archery. What other kinds of archery are there? Like, There is target archery, field archery, Bow hunting, and then what surprisingly, what really surprised me is 3D archery. Uh, let me like uh get a like a visual. Like, what does 3D archery look like? 3D archery. Uh, I think 3D archery is a subset of archery field focusing on shooting a life-size model of of animals. All right. Well, that's nice to know that it's not in VR. So it's like uh, it's sort of like target shooting, but you have yeah, but they're not real animals. Like plastic animals, is that what it is? Yes, the real side or size. Yes, life size, like a deer or a bear. Uh, One of the things that I was always um, interested in was, uh, you know, the how, how the arrows are made and why why they have three feathers and why one of the feathers looks different than the other feathers. Um, can you talk a little bit more to that? Well, um, they have three feathers and one of them is different color because when there's a little stick thing that pokes out and you're supposed to lay them 
lay them on top of it, then the different colored one is supposed to stick up because if it was facing one way, it would smack against something and it would break. Oh, okay. So if somebody wanted to start O-Tree, I know I'm interested in it. How, how would they go about that? They would try to learn it. They would probably go to class about it, probably buy their own, get their own, but get the... They want to get the recurve bow, which is smaller and lighter than the compound bow because, you know, it's probably heavy. Compounds are probably a little bit more expensive, too, because there's yes. a lot more parts to it. What would some common mistakes be when learning? Well, some of them is being scared of the string and also knocking the arrow off of their little string thing. And then they're aiming too much. How could someone overcome that? By don't by like not being scared of something like facing your fears. Like don't be scared. It's not going to harm you unless you unless you don't have an arrow in it. Because if you pull it back without an arrow and you let go, it can snap and it would hurt really bad. So, so with so with practice, you'll just get more used to it. Yes, you'll get more used to it. So uh, is there anything else that you'd like to tell us about archery uh, that we haven't talked about yet? Uh, Any last-minute remarks? Oh, yeah. An archer in the U.S. makes $25.09 per hour and $52,000. That's a professional archer? $800. 188 a year. Cool. Um, do you guys have any last-minute questions for Tristan? Nope. I do not. All right. Thank you, Tristan, for coming in. And next, we have Paco, who's going to be talking about chess. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for letting me stay today. All right. Did you know that chess is a competitive board game? I didn't. So how long has chess been around? Uh, chess is 1,500 years old. What was it like? Um, well, it had to be different before now. So what was it like in the first ages of it? I, I mean, like, uh, the first version of chess was in India. Uh, yeah. How did they make it back then? Uh, well, How do you- the, uh, the king was called Shah, and the counselor, <laughs> counselor, was the queen back then, which was called the Wazir. Bishop was Phil. Knight was ASAP. And Rook was Ruck. Ruck. And the pawn was Piade. Wow. Cool, cool. So, um, when you go to like a park and you see a bunch of people playing chess at the tables uh they have that like timer on there what is the timer for the timers like uh so they don't delay the game like they can't like uh like stay on a move for like five minutes and yeah delay it um is is it played like that competitively or do you have to have a timer when you're doing it competitively uh you have to have a timer competitively okay is there anything else that you know about chess you want us to know? Uh, the queen, you know, she was called the counselor. And uh, she could only move one space at a time, and she could only move diagonally. Originally? Yeah. She was like the Walmart bishop. 
<laughs> wow, jeez. That was a good um, example. What was the shortest game ever played? Shortest game was, uh, I believe, like five moves. Do you know what the longest game was? It was like, um, it took like 20 hours and 15 minutes to complete a drawn game. So like it was a draw. Do you have anything else that you'd like to share with us about chess? Uh, like there's different kinds of chess, like Chinese and France. All right. Thanks, Paco. And next we have Anna, who's going to be talking about dance. Thanks for having me. What can you tell us about dance? Competitive dancing only started in the 20th century. And there's no standards for points, but it's common for them to issue a majority of 100 points. So what are like uh, the, the main kind of dances that you would see in a dance competition? There are multiple permitted dance types. Some of them are acro, ballet, jazz, tap, and improv, but there are some more. What age can you start dance? Like competitive dance? You can start serious training for competitive dancing around the age of seven to nine. Okay. When did um, competitive dance start? The 20th century. Um, do we have any studios in town here that would help uh, with you know, younger kids and, and learning how to do competitive dance? Um, we do have Be Extreme, which is a competitive dance studio, as well as others that are not specifically competitive dance, which is Taps Dance Studio, studio and Pollen's Studio. Dance cool. studio. So why did you why did you choose to do dance as your topic? I have been in dance for a couple of years, and it interests me. Um. So has uh, dance been an Olympic sport at any point? It has not been an Olympic so- sport, but it has been considered. And there is a good chance that there might be breakdancing in the 2024 Olympics. Oh, cool. So why should someone become a professional dancer? Um, they ha- It gives, it will exercise your body. And a professional dancer makes an average of $67,839. Holy cow. That's a lot of money. Is that a, that's a professional dancer though, right? That's yes. That does it as a career? Yeah. Um, do you know anything about like um, prizes or what people win when they actually go to a dance competition? Um, I am not aware of what prizes you get. They probably just get like a trophy or something. But uh, apparently there, there's got to be some kind of a cash prize, right? If they have a uh, salary, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But that also there is also non-competitive dancing for entertainment. Okay. What's your type of? What's your favorite type of dance? Um. I do not have a specific favorite type of dance. Not like crunk, like. <laughs> no. No. Um. I've heard somewhere that you can't record a dance competition. Is this? Is that true? Uh, yeah. 
People cannot record dance competitions because the dances can be copyrighted. Is there anything, um, do you know anything about like the music that's used? Because I know that uh, as a music person, as a music teacher, uh, sometimes when you're in a public venue, you can't always use the entire song because it's it's copyrighted and you can get in trouble for that. Is the same thing in dance? Uh, the music used in competition is adapted from commercially available songs. Mm. So they don't use any like Shawn Mendes or Taylor Swift or anything like that. It's it's got to be commercially produced for something like dance. Yes. Cool. Is there anything else about dance that you know? Or you'd like to share? Signing into a competition you have to pay for. In group dances, it is 40 to 55 per student. In duos or trios, it is 60 to 70 per student. And solos are 100 to 125 per student. Just to sign up for the... Yeah. Is that for the competition? Yeah, that's for a competition. Wow. Thank you, Anna. We have three new guests with us. Isaac, who's going to be talking about bull riding. Elijah, who's going to be talking about fencing. And Adrian Kruger, who's going to be listening in and asking questions. So why did you choose your topic? Because I've been interested in it for years. How did uh, horse riding originate? I'm at bull riding. I don't know. <laughs> That's why we're asking questions. We're not on horse riding. We're on I don't bull riding. Oh my goodness! It started yeah, well. because a bunch of Texans were bored of riding horses, so they just started doing bull riding. Were they doing it for fun or doing it as a competition? They were doing it as a competition and as fun. Is bull riding a dangerous sport? Yes. Has anybody died? Yes, but I don't know how many people. What? <laughs> so, so, how long do you have to stay on the bull for? I mean, you have to stay on it for eight seconds to um, get points. And then um, the judges score you depending on how you rode. So, with bull riding, I'm pretty sure there's more than just the bull riders. So, what are the other um, parts of that? Um, there's clowns that go out onto the field to distract the bull if the person gets bucked off so he can escape. And so then, can you go to school to compete in bull riding? Um, I'm pretty sure you can. Do you know, um, is there a specific way you have to do it? No, um, yeah, you have to keep one hand on the bull's, um, harness at the all time and it has to be the same hand. Okay. What happened if you switched hands? Um, you would be disqualified. Do you know, um, how do they judge them? They judge them depending on how they ride and, um, how long they stay on and their style. Do you know what the prizes are? Um, no, but normally it's a medal. Do you know if there's a big association that people can be a part of when they're bull riding? Professional Bull Riders Association. With bull riding, do you just um, ride live bulls? Because I'm pretty sure there are machine bulls that some people ride. Is that just for practice? or That's normally just for practice. Or in other cases, for fun. Yeah. Do you know who the number one bull rider is in the world? Um. Yeah, Cooper Davis. 
And now I have Elijah who's going to be talking about fencing. So why did you choose fencing? Uh, because it seemed interesting. When did it start? It started... Is fencing an Olympic sport? It was one of the original five Olympic sports and still is one. Is it a summer sport or a winter sport? I do not know. Is it more male-dominated or female-dominated? Um, I do not know. But they have both in the Olympics. Does the U.S. have a fencing team? I believe we do, but the winner right now is, like, North Korea or South Korea or something. What are some restrictions or regulations that it has? Um, it has to be a hit above the waist but below the head. Why did they create it? They created it so that if you ever needed to fight somebody, then you know the basic self-defense. Is fencing a dangerous sport? Fencing is not very dangerous, but you can get bruises if they hit hard enough. So the sword that they use in fencing, does that have a specific name for it? It is. There are a couple names. One of them is an EP, another is a foil, and a, also a saber. Are they sharp? They are not sharp. There's like a piston at the end that senses like how hard you've hit them and if it's considered a fatal blow then you win that point what are the punishments if you um hit above the head or below the waist you can get a red or yellow card just like in soccer um so is there any rules on like how you win you win in like a match if you are first to 15 points or the best of three sets of three minutes. Do you have anything else to tell us about fencing today, Elijah? Uh, yeah, sure. Fencing is a group of three related combat sports. Uh, the three disciplines in modern fencing are the foil, the EP, and the saber. And winning points are made through the weapon's contact with opponents. What is the outfit that you wear when you fence called? Uh, it is a group of multiple pieces put together. There's like fencing socks, fencing gloves, a helmet, and then like a chest plate. The helmet in fencing, why does it have like a screen over it? So that you don't get your eye poked out. Has that ever happened? I don't know, but probably because they didn't used to wear armor until one of them died. Also, fencing is a word from Latin, which means to ward off or protect or defend. Uh, it also has a French root of defense, and the Latin meaning also has the root same thing as the French word. Where could someone get started in fencing? You could go to a place where you can practice fencing and you can, like, play with it. Thanks, Elijah and Isaac. I would like to thank everyone that was involved in today's podcast. If you want to hear our podcast, then you can follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts.
Thank you for listening. Thank you. After going through our recording, we noticed that we made some mistakes on our information. So I'm here to fix that. The Olympic-sized archery complex in Yankton is actually called the NFAA Eastern Yankton Archery Center. The shortest chess game in history was actually four moves, not five. The odd-colored feather doesn't point up, but points to the right instead. As a general rule, competitions hand the winnings to studio directors or owners. Bowl writing has killed five people in the last five years. Bull riding originated in Choriyata's contests of ranch and horsemanship skills that developed on the haciendas. Fencing is a summer sport. Thank you for listening.